This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a former monk, a New York Times bestselling author, and the host of the popular podcast On Purpose. His new book is Eight Rules of Love How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. Please welcome to The Late Show, Jay Shetty. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Very well-known person now. You got your best-selling author, uh, a podcaster, a social media superstar, but you you had a, a slightly <laughs> different occupation not that long ago. This was it. You were a monk. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what did you do? Like a, 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 a you know. Catholic monks, you know, make cheese and brandy. What do you? Right. What do you no, no, no they cheese. Pray no, a lot. No cheese, no brandy. So, so what, what we used to wake do? up at 4 a.m., take a cold shower, start meditating. You sleep on the floor. You get two sets of clothes. You wear one, you wash one, and you live out of gym locker. So everything you possess fits inside of that. You sleep on the floor, just bare floor? Just like a thin, tiny yoga mat. Probably the closest thing to a yoga mat. And there's no mirrors in the monastery, so you really lose your idea of wow. how you look. Well, you look very happy, i got to say. <laughs> it looks like a really uh, happy lifestyle. How long were you a monk? I was a monk for three years. Uh, okay. I left the monastery 10 years ago. Yes. It was a truly special and spectacular experience. And getting to invest in myself for three years in a deep way has really paid dividends. Now, is it hard to leave? Like, once you go in, are you supposed to stay forever? No, well, I thought I was going to stay forever. And so leaving was hard for me. It was really challenging. Yes. I, I moved back into my parents' Uh, home that I grew up in. Okay, which is harder, moving back in with your parents (laughs) or being a monk? (laughs) Uh, I think being a monk. Being a monk was harder. There's a snorer's room and a non-snorer's room, so that's the only choice you get. (laughs) Really? Uh, If you don't wash your clothes, everyone can tell because you only get two sets. If you smell, everyone knows. What is the value? Can I ask you, what is the value? Before before we get into it, I do want to get into your book, which is Eight Rules of Love right here, but I'm really curious about what is the value of that aesthetic lifestyle? What, What are you supposed to get out of it? I'm just curious. Well, I think the value is that we live in a society where everything is bound by time. By 30, do this. By 40, do this. By 50, do this. And so... How much stuff do you have? Yeah, exactly. So for three years to not worry about opinions, expectations, Mm. and obligations is a really special opportunity. And Mm. so for me, being able to actually hear my own inner voice was a beautiful pursuit. What... (laughs) What motivated you... What motivated you to leave? When did you say, like, okay, I got (laughs) what I need out of this, or there's some other calling for me right now? Well, I almost felt like... the. The monks had a breakup conversation with me, but it was like, I think it's time you leave. It's not you, it's me. Like, that kind of conversation. And I I felt like they'd realized that I had this rebellious 
spark in me where I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to be able to share these ideas in modern and accessible and relevant ways in a way that could impact a lot of people. And I think I came to the conclusion after three years of self-awareness that I wasn't a monk. And that was a really beautiful, beautiful revelation for me. Well, um, you know, as I said before, you're a star on social media and social media, of course, comes with uh, a lot of likes. Yes. You know, how do you make sure that aspect of social media doesn't um, corrupt you spiritually so you're not worried about whether people like you? Yeah, well, well, being married helps. Uh, my, my wife is the here's best it, uh, humbling and grounding force in my right life. Uh, yes. No matter how many likes I get... <laughs> Uh, no matter how many likes I get on social media, my wife's more impressed if I, you know, did the laundry, cleaned the dishes, like, <laughs> organized things at home. So that's what she's... That's sure. where I get the points at home. That's the likes at home. Now, um, you've just written this new book, as I said before, mm -hmm. Eight Rules of Love, How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. We often learn from our mistakes in every aspect of our life, and that goes for love as well. What aspects of your own love life, of, yeah. of any, you know flavor have you learned the most? So I want to tell you the story of how I proposed to my wife. Okay. And so what I did was I'd lined up this extravagant, big gesture of love. So we're walking down the bank of the Thames in London, where we're both from. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, when she least expects it, this a cappella group jumps out and sings Bruno Mars' Marry You. Uh -huh. uh, I get down on one knee. I ask her to marry me. She says, yes, of course. And then straight after that, we have this dinner on the bank of the Thames, which I assumed any kind restaurant would just lend me a table. They, I had to fight for that table. Uh, our dinner came in and it was cold because it was from a restaurant far away. Tried to eat what we could, it, it wasn't that great. We walked around the corner and to her surprise, there was a white horse-drawn carriage ready to take us around London. We jump in, we're going around London. She's shouting out, saying that she's engaged. We finally get on the train on the way back to tell her parents. I'd already asked their permission, of course, but, but, but she wanted to tell her parents first. And so we're going back. We get home. Her mom and dad open the door. They're really excited. And then all of a sudden, their excitement turns to fear. And they look at her and they say, what happened to you? Are you okay? What did he do? That was the day I realized that my wife was allergic to horses. Uh, when we got back, she was covered in hives, like, all over. Oh, wow. And it was like, you know, it, I'm thankful she said yes, and everything worked out, the hives went away. But it was a reminder to me that I'd built this picture of what love should be from movies, from media. I thought that that's what love should look like. And I realized that night that, for example, the thing my wife would have cared about most is the quality of the food, and I messed that up. And I didn't realize that she didn't need this horse-drawn carriage or that proposal could have been anyone's and everyone's. And so I think love is so personal, it's so intimate, it's so specific, and we have to define it for ourselves. Now, you say... <laughs> how to find it, how to keep it, and, and let it go. Mm -hmm. When do we let it go? <laughs> Why would we let it go? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people out there have been made to feel that we're inadequate or unworthy when we don't have love in our life, especially romantic love. And I find that we sometimes have to let go of love naturally if someone that we love leaves naturally, or we have to let go of love because it no longer serves us, it no longer helps us grow, it no longer helps us be the person we want to be. I think that if we're falling out of love with ourselves in order to love someone else, it's time to go. 
So if you no longer can be the person that you want to be yeah. to be with that person. Okay, I, I want you to give some very quickly some uh, some advice to some people I think could use yeah. a little advice here. These are some scenarios okay. of some people that I know of, and I want you to give some advice in these relationships. Okay. Um, I knew a couple in high school. Okay. They had a summer fling, sort of like a summer love. Okay. And they wanted to become more serious. How would you help them get together like Rama Lama Lamaka, Dinga Dinga Dong? <laughs> Just uh, summer lovers. How do they keep it together when they get back to school? Uh, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> like, does he have a car? Does he have a car? <laughs> Jay. <laughs> the book is Eight Rules of Love. The man is Jay Shetty. Thank you Thank so much you for so being much. here. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. The Late Show will be back on February 13th with all new episodes. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though. Because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives, is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.